Hello, Potters. Welcome to episode 185 of Cospod, the podcast for all things cosplay. And as you can tell by my voice, this is not Amber. In fact, it's just Val by herself again. Amber ran into some technical issues, so unfortunately she couldn't make it for this recording. But that's okay. I'm going to hold down the fort. Everything will be fine. We got a good topic to discuss, um, but we also have just a bunch of Cospod updates and some new things that are going on with the Cospod realm. So it'll still be a busy enough episode. I think it'll be worth your while. Hello, everybody who's watching us in chat. Feel free to jump in on the discussion as much as you want to, and I will do my best to keep up with said chat. All right, so uh, as per customary, we talk about cosplay updates, and per usual, I've just been doing nothing but beating. Yay. I think this is all that my life is now. I'm not even going to get to the point of embroidery. I'm just going to do this forever. No more sewing. No more applique. Just beating. This, this is my life. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> I don't want my life to be just beading. Like I love sparkly, shiny things. No more beading though. I'm kind of done with the beading phase. Um, I'm, I'm getting closer and closer to the end though. Cause look, 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 just a little bit more. And I say a little bit more, it's still like halfway left. Ugh. Just for sleeves. And it's just a silly little detail that I don't think anybody is really going to notice. That's the fun of it. Uh, so that's pretty much what I've been doing is just a little bit of beating here and there. And I tried to do a little bit of it during uh, one of my FanFest streams. And I lasted maybe, I think maybe 20, 30 minutes. I don't even think it was that long before I got completely engrossed that I was like, I'm done. Got to put that aside. I can't do any work. <laughs> that's, a, that's usually how it goes. Um, and I'm also trying to figure out how I want to do this paisley pattern on Cersei's dress on the two side slots, I don't even know what they're called, but on her hips, she's got a different set of fabric from the blue portion. And then it's also the same fabric that's on the sleeves, but it's got this paisley pattern to it. And I already knew going in, okay, I'm going to have to stamp this thing because it's got to be custom. This is not fabric that exists in the real world. Of course not. And just trying to figure out how I want to make it all happen. I was like, okay, well, let me just get some speedball rubber and I can carve it myself. I've done it before. Not a big deal. It's just unfortunately really time consuming. It's I'm not the best at carving. I, I'd end up taking more time just so I'm a little bit cleaner at it, but you know, it, it'd be the best way to get it done. Um, I consider doing 3d printing, but I don't really have the background or the knowledge to create the 3D print portion of it. If I had the file and I could send it off to somebody, you know, maybe 30 or 40 bucks, that's a little expensive, but reasonable. I could, you know, make that happen. But because I would need somebody to model it, easily like the 120, 150 realm, if not more expensive for just one stamp. And I don't think that's worth the price whatsoever, unfortunately. I mean, I know that sounds mean. It's like, I, it, I do want to pay the person properly, but I don't need $150 on a stamp. Let's be realistic. So I was thinking about this as I was driving home from work and I was like, do I have anything in my current stash that I could possibly use as a stamp? And I remember seeing a tutorial about making a stamp with EVA foam. And I have all of this foam clay that I haven't really decided what I'm going to do with yet. So I think I might be testing out making a stamp with foam clay and seeing what happens. 
I've done it before with EVA foam and with craft foam. And as long as you seal it with Mod Podge or something that kind of helps reduce the water um, from being absorbed into the foam, it's totally doable as a stamp. I've done it before. I haven't done anything of this level of intricacy. So I'm really curious to see if it'll work. And as long as I have a good stable base for the stamp, I think it'll be okay. So we'll give that a shot. I will catalog it with many, many photos. Um, maybe even stream myself sculpting it because I'm really good with sculpting. I love sculpting. That's not an issue. It's just the carving portion of it. I'll be like, um, nope. And it's kind of nice to know that if I mess up, I can easily just slap more foam clay on it, let it dry, and then reshape it. Like, that's kind of neat. So I think that's where I'm going to lean towards. We'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. If it works, yay. If it doesn't, going to have to go look into getting some rubber and carving that. <laughs> kind of is what it is. And yeah, we'll, we'll see what it goes. Yeah, no paying in exposure bucks. No, no, no exposure bucks. I don't play that way. <laughs> I want to properly pay people for their time. That's for sure. And then in other news, let me go ahead and flip on over here. Kind of want to show off my final, uh, I guess I'm kind of calling this Disney decades now. It's kind of what I termed it as. Um, this is my Snow White outfit that I made for AllCon. It was just something that I kind of threw together, um, but I didn't have really any photos taken of it. So when I saw this on the all con cosplay stage i was like oh this is really cute so big thank you to uh geeky ways and uh, kaboom for taking photos of the contest it's always really fun to see all of those images after the event and just to see the cosplayers and so many of them are just so happy to be there it's, it's so nice and refreshing but yeah i had a lot of fun wearing this i had a lot of fun making this i had so much fun making this that i've actually come up with more ideas <laughs> And it's, it's the same concept of taking Disney princesses and creating a design and style from them based off of the year that their movie was released. So it, I've got one for Sleeping Beauty, one for Cinderella, one for The Little Mermaid. Um, the one for Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella are very interesting because Cinderella is 1950 and Sleeping Beauty is 59. So trying to make sure that the two of them have distinct styles, but that they also look like they come from the same decade, that's going to be really interesting. And I don't even know if I'm going to make these, but I just love the concept of them. And I had a couple of minutes during a lunch break. I was like, I'm going to quickly sketch these out on some sticky notes <laughs> and make it happen. So we shall see about that. All right. And we stopped the sharing. We stopped the sharing. Okay. So that's really all that I have for cosplay updates. Would help if I tabbed over to the right window. Ah. Yeah, I've seen some fan art of the Disney by the Decade. I think it's a really cool and fun concept. I know Disney has a couple of dolls that they released that are more like glamorous or Hollywood-esque versions of the princesses based off of the decade that their movie was released. So like Cinderella is like full on 1950s golden age Hollywood glam. It's beautiful. And then Ariel <laughs> looks like some weird throwback to the eighties in the weirdest and strangest way possible. Uh, Tiana looks great. She looks very modern, very sleek, very nice. And it's kind of fun too. Cause it's, these are things that I can take with me on my Disney trip later this year. And I know I can wear them. I would be comfortable. It'd be great. We're also doing, uh, 
Mickey's not so scary Halloween party. So it's like, oh, well, I could probably even wear one of these and just have a blast with that. So we shall see. Okay, so next up, we're gonna run over to another screen share. So here is some CosPod updates that eventually will be easier for me to share once we get to the point of me not having to do this all the time. All right, so we are slowly making the transition to having some fun overlays and making this a more streamlined podcast. So Val has been working on this for a little bit. This is what you get to look forward to, hopefully in the coming weeks. Um, both of us will be on the screen at the same time. I'll have to make an overlay when it's just one of us because, you know, stuff happens. Um, and I really would like to hear everybody's feedback on this. My goal with this was just to make it simple and effective. I didn't want to overload the screen with too much content. So obviously on this side is the chat window where everybody's comments on YouTube will load up. And then underneath my name, that's where we're gonna have the episode information. So it's gonna be like the episode number and then what the topics of discussion are. So that way you guys are more than welcome to kind of chime in and get a general idea of what we're gonna be doing with each episode. Um, and then it'll also let me have like fun transitions so we can get the intro and the outro going at the same time. I am genuinely really, really happy about this. I cannot wait until we start. It's gonna make my editing life so much easier. I'm definitely looking forward to messing with it. And then once we get Amber's computer up and running again, we'll be able to play and make it happen. It's going to be lots of fun. I'm, I actually genuinely like making a lot of those overlays. If you guys watch me on my stream, you know I love my overlays. <laughs> Except when I'm streaming for my PS4 because, you know, heaven forbid I'd be allowed to do that properly. Uh, some other updates for CosPod. Uh, we are still working on trying to figure out what the giveaway is for a Cosplay in America book. Um, again, big thank you to Asian for giving this to us so we can give it to one of our listeners. More than likely, it's going to be um, an Instagram photo and a Facebook photo as well as a Twitter one where you like, comment, share, you know, and if you like it, you get one entry, you comment, you get another entry, you share, you get another entry. Um, Probably that's going to be what we're going to do, but I'm not entirely sure when we're going to start that yet. But if you guys haven't seen this book yet, it's really, really cool. One of the things I love about it is not only does he document cosplayers at conventions, but he also documents them in their workspaces. And I actually know that guy. Hey, hi, Sean. <laughs> so you get the coolness of all of the convention stuff. That one's probably my favorite with all the workspaces. And I've been using this as a coffee table book for a while since I was one of the Kickstarter backers. It's it's really, really great. And this one is a Kickstarter exclusive cover, so you won't get this anywhere else. There were only a thousand of these that were printed. So once I figure out how we're gonna give this away, we will post the information as soon as possible, hopefully sooner rather than later. Of course, always cosplay is for everyone. And then other than that, CosPod does have a couple of guest announcements in the works. We're gonna be showing up at a couple of conventions. Can't say where yet. Some of them are local. One or two of them may not be local to us, but it's really exciting. I don't know how it happened that just magically all of a sudden we got flooded with a bunch of requests of, hey, do you wanna come out to this con and help give us this and do this? And hey, can you can you judge this? Can you help us film that? Like. Cool, let's do it. 
again, don't know how it happened. It was just really funny to just see this flood of stuff after all con. And it's just been me frantically writing back on like, let's talk, let's figure this all out. So yeah, that's going to be really exciting. And I can't wait to share that information with you all once we figure out all the details and we're allowed to talk about it. So, but that's something to look forward to. So keep an eye on our social media feeds as well as our website, because I will be posting any of our upcoming convention appearances on our website, cospod.org. Yeah, congrats is definitely something that we need to put out there because it's, it's funny, we've been doing this for eight years and we really haven't had a whole lot of guest requests. And I think a lot of it is conventions don't know what to do with us because we're primarily a podcast and cons don't really invite podcasters. They do like individual or team cosplayers. And because our specialty is in cosplay as well as podcasting, they're probably like, how do we handle this? We've been guests at GlitchCon before and we have been running all cons cosplay contests for five years. So maybe that's kind of helped with our clout. I don't know. I, we're just going to roll with it. And it's just exciting to see so many of these requests come in because it's like, oh, our time has come. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? Yes, Val drinks lots of water because Val gets dehydrated really easily. All righty. So we are going to move on to our main topic of the show, which we shared on our Facebook page. I want to say last week. It's got to be last week because we did it within a day or two of the article coming out. So we are going to talk about this Kotaku article. Uh, cosplay is outgrowing cosplay conventions. So when we shared this initially, we got some mixed reactions, though it seems like some people were fairly positive about the concept of it. Um, definitely on Twitter, there was a lot of back and forth going on. People were saying, you know, yeah, it's a good concept, but then other people were saying, this seems like something that only elite cosplayers with a lot of money can do, or those who have the fan base, or those who happen to know really, you know, infamous photographers that can, can do these type of things. Other people are just like, why do conventions need these at all? Conventions are fine just as they are. So I thought it would be a good topic for us to discuss. And feel free, chat, to weigh in, throw down your words. We'll be happy to read your comments on the air. So the article was originally posted on 320, and it's about this event called S-Class. It's created by Sean McCoy, who was a former cosplayer. And now he's, they don't list him as a professional handler to his girlfriend, but it kind of made it sound like he's a professional handler. And his thing was, he felt like the con scene was getting too much of the same old, same old, who's kind of dull. And he saw most of his friends just going to cons to cosplay and to have parties, which, you know, that's pretty normal for any convention at this point. So he wanted something different, but he didn't want it to be another convention. He wanted it to be held in conjunction with the con, which that makes sense. I can see where that's going. But unfortunately, a lot of the places that he was asking to do this at, they said no. And probably because they felt like he was trying to encroach on their territory. Maybe he was trying to pull people out of the convention atmosphere instead of, you know, being like, hey, these people paid to be here. They're not paying extra money to go somewhere else. So with Katsukon being around the corner and knowing that a lot of people would be coming in for that, he rented out space at a nearby hotel to host a photo gathering and a party. 
the gathering was free and the party did require you to pay a fee to get in. Um, and it was open to the public according to a Facebook event page. But this is where some people have issues with it because unless you knew somebody who was going to the event or somebody shared the event, you didn't know it really happened. Because a lot of people were commenting on the article and on some of the people discussing the article saying that, you know, I was at Katsukon. I stay on the forums. I look in the Facebook groups. I talked about it on Twitter. I never knew that this event was going on. So it wasn't something that was easy for people to locate. Um, and then the people that were featured on the article itself were a lot of well-known photographers and cosplayers that are routinely featured on Kotaku. So already that's kind of setting up this almost elite-like feeling that if you were not one of these people and you weren't in the know and you weren't friends, you probably were not gonna get invited. And that's kind of what we're gonna be talking about is, is this concept elite? Is it too much? Was it all about fueling the egos? Or is this a good direction for cosplay to go, to have these additional events at cons that are not necessarily about the con atmosphere, but creating more cosplay-centric content that allows for photo shoots and gatherings and for after parties? And I'm gonna quickly catch up on all of the comments. So from Lester Candy, I can see how some people can take it wrong. You know, the article makes it seem like they invented out of con shoots, which is something that's been around for ages. And also Katsukon put their foot down on all of the ghosters. They really did this year. Uh, they made it mandatory to have a badge if you were in the lobby. Yeah, and then Allie commented, the whole outgrowing cons didn't catch me, and I don't feel that way. Yeah, it's it's weird how the article is written, because first off, they say, you know, cosplay is outgrowing cosplay cons. But here in the States, we don't really have cosplay cons. <laughs> We've got Costume Con, which roams around the country and also makes pit stops in Canada. Uh, there is that one startup convention that's in the Northeast. I I want to say it's the third or fourth year that they'll be hosting this year, but it's called Cosplay America, not Cosplay in America, just Cosplay America, which is a very cosplay-centric con, you know, and then other than bigger events like Dragon Con, which have very robust costuming tracks, we don't really have cosplay or costuming conventions in this country. It's anime, comic book, video game, everything all together. So to me, that was like the first, like, well, this is kind of a weird article already. It doesn't even get the title right because KatsuCon is not a cosplay con. People do go there to cosplay in mass, absolutely. But it's a Japanese-centric convention meant to celebrate that culture. So that to me was just like, uh, I don't know if I like this. Um, but then it's, it kind of just takes a weird turn because it makes it sound like cosplay everywhere is outgrowing conventions. And I don't think that's really the case. You know, Autocon shoots have been going on forever, for as long as I can possibly think of. You know, before people became more and more comfortable with Photoshop and Lightroom and all this, people were going on site to all of these great locations. 
to get these amazing shots. It's, you know, most people probably think about cosplay and being in the convention scene and then taking your photos there. Cool, fine. But really going out and getting your photo taken, it's pretty much part of the norm these days. Everybody does it or nearly everybody does it if they have the time or the money or the ability to do so, or if they can bribe a friend of theirs with, you know, gas money. <laughs> it can't come out with me for 15 minutes. We get some cool shots of my costume done. So that was also very much like, I don't know where this article is going. It's kind of strange. And I think that the concept that they're trying to come up with, with S-Class is not a bad concept because it would be nice if cons were a little bit more open and accepting of having different types of cosplay programming on their schedule. Because we pretty much expect when we go to an anime convention or a comic book convention is you might have a couple of handful of, of uh, cosplay panels. There are a lot of the beginner panels. There are a lot of the 101 panels. It's things that so many of us have seen for decades that were just like, okay, what else is new? Um, and then we have a cosplay contest but that's really about it. There's not much else that occurs at a convention that's cosplay related. The fan gatherings that happen, that's all done by us, by the attendees. That's not the convention space. Even with Dragon Con, Fanime, um, I believe Anime Expo does the same thing where the convention intervenes to kind of help organize the events. It still comes down to the cosplayers and the attendees to do the majority of the work. That's really it. But yeah, I mean, there's no demonstrations or if there are demonstrations, they're usually in workshop classroom settings where there's only 10 to 20 people. Sometimes you have to pay a fee for it. It's, it's like, okay, there's not like something out on the floor for people to walk by and watch and experience. Um, I know a couple of the places have been trying to do some of those cosplay museums where you see some really nice costumes up close and personal. The only one that I've really liked was the one I went to at Dragon Con because I got to see some really cool things very up close. And it was a lot of award-winning costumes from previous Dragon Cons or even from like Anime Expo. But there have been some that I've been to at other cons where it was just they were taking whoever signed up. So you had a lot of really low quality or first timer things that didn't belong there. And it just really made a very odd vibe. Or you only found like two costumes. You're just like, okay, awesome. So yeah, I'm with you, Ali. I would love to see more cosplay museums because the one at Dragon Con made me go, oh, this is such a great concept. And they still had everything roped off, but you could get close up enough that you could see all of those amazing little details. I remember taking a lot of photos of one of the Game of Thrones outfits because the way that they did the rosettes was just so lovely. It, I wanted to see more of that stuff up close and I hope we get to see more of that. I'm gonna go ahead and read through more of the comments. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the comments here are kind of echoing each other because it sounded like the article is about fluffing and feeding the egos, particularly for those who were involved. Um, felt like it was just a party he held. Yeah. And when you see some of the photos of the people involved, you kind of look at their faces and you're like, oh, I know that cosplayer and that one and that one and that one and that one and that one. It wasn't like it was a field of unknowns. It was a group of very well-known cosplayers who do this for a living or who make decent money off of this to almost make it as a full-time job. So for them, it was like, it's just another day. And then for the rest of us, we have to sit back and go, why weren't we invited? Why can't we afford that? 
because it really just kind of gives that whole elite thing another peg on the board and just like oh i didn't know cosplay was an elite thing i thought cosplay was for everyone i don't know so i'm going to read this one from ally too so i think maybe it's more of the older crowd getting older and not cosplaying as much my age group cosplayers that started maybe 10 to 15 years ago and the younger crowd starting to fill in the gap yeah, I'm going to agree with that one, too. Definitely our age demographic has started to fall out of cosplay because I've noticed a number of my friends who no longer do it. Um, they still follow cosplayers. They still like talking about sewing and crafting, but they're not interested in the scene any longer, which absolutely makes sense. Um, and I think that's also why cons need to kind of tweak their programming and add more content specifically geared towards us as the older cosplayers, because we're gonna start steadily moving out of your convention unless you have a reason to keep us to stay. And when you start seeing the same content over and over and over again, well, why am I gonna keep paying the increased ticket prices to get the same content? I'll just go somewhere else different. And that in itself also has pros and cons because there's some people who argue with this article, you know, like, hey, cons are doing the things that they're doing because it makes the money. Why would they change that up? That makes perfect sense. But then there's the other part of people saying cons are doing what they're doing to make money, but they're losing us and they need to change things in order for us to keep going back. You know, pros and cons, pros and cons. <laughs> and Luster Candy doesn't help that cons are popping up every month. The older gen has more responsibilities. Truth, absolute truth. This is why it's taken me two plus years to work on my Game of Thrones costume, cause life and adulting and responsibilities. I wish they would actively recruit shows and movie costumes. Oh, Allie, that would be so amazing. My favorite thing to follow now on social media is a lot of these costuming exhibits that you see in California and Washington, because they keep rotating out their content almost every other month. And it's a lot of movie costumes. They are so amazing to see these photos of, and I would just love to be able to see them up close. I can't, so I have to live vicariously through social media. If cons had more stuff like that around, that would be amazing. Um, I believe I've seen at past San Diego Comic Cons and Wonder Cons, maybe even NYCC, some of the superhero costumes have been made available to they're up close for people to look at. Man, I'd be going gaga over that. It'd be just great. <laughs> So, and then another comment from Allie. I don't really think he meant it to be elite. It's always hard to get work out about new things, but I don't think it was anything special than an organized shot. That I can agree with. It, I don't think he intended it for it to be elite either. Because again, it, it's a good concept. And if it was someplace held on the convention grounds with Katsukon's approval, I think it could have been something really special and started a new trend. You know, slowly but surely, it'll take time for something like that to really take off. But it also didn't help his case that the people he invited were very well-known photographers who have a lot of connections to very high-profile cosplayers. So the people who were only aware of the event were the high-profilers, not the people who were casually going to Katsukon and love the cosplay scene. So, you know, it kind of shifts. It, it would be nice if conventions really embraced cosplay and allowed for more creative content to be allowed for programming, you know, to get some different panels, to get some different workshops, to get some more group events open. Like one of my suggestions for our original topic 
for this episode was, you know, it'd be nice to have more general hangout areas at con scenes because so many of them are lacking. It's just a lot of things crammed in together to try to get you to buy stuff and spend as much money as possible. Hopefully not starve over the weekend. And you miss out on that time to just chill and relax and have fun and just talk to people, meet new people, people watch. People watching is fabulous. That's so much fun at a con. Because then you start seeing all these amazing costumes and you're just like, this is the environment I am. That's awesome. Yeah, for me, it's been a lot of following so many of those amazing costume exhibits, um, seeing drag performers, following Lolita and J fashion stuff, things that I know I wouldn't typically ever wear, but just watching it and looking at it, it's like, oh, this is cool. And it'd be nice if cons incorporated more of that. Um, you know, some of the anime conventions do have like Lolita fashion shows, which is cool, but they don't do a whole lot of stuff on displaying them. And very few people teach panels about how to create those fashions. A lot of those are, you know, here's where you can buy the stuff. And it's like, well, I kind of want to learn how to make some of that stuff too. It'd be great. I, that would be awesome. You know, and I don't think, you know, S-Class had a good idea, but I think that it needs a lot of tweaking and a lot of revamping um, and definitely making it more apparent and more public because just making a Facebook event page is not going to be enough. Just sharing it amongst your close friends is not enough, especially in the age of social media where algorithms are changing every single day. There is no possible way to ensure that your content's going to be seen unless you start paying a lot of advertising dollars. So if he had posted it maybe in one of the Katsukan groups or on some of the other cosplay pages, it probably could have drummed up more traction. Now, it may have been also that he was trying to limit the number of people so that way it didn't overflow the other hotel. You know, that makes sense. I understand that. That's cool. But I think it's something that they need to consider in the future if they want to continue holding events like this. Really try to make it open to everyone. Embrace everyone. Don't let it be just a couple of the elite cosplayers because you know that they're going to get you hits on Kotaku. I think that's the problem most people have with it. Oh, that's really cool, Lester Candy. She she mentioned that OkashiCon hosts J fashion events that are harassment free. That's awesome. And yeah, Ali, I'm all about hangout areas, themed rooms for shoots. I think that would be amazing. I know Anime Expo pulls in um, a number of photo backdrops and props and stuff that are just littered throughout the convention. Like one year they had a ball pit. <laughs> hmm, wonder what that's for. Um, for people just to kind of play with and have fun and take some really cool photos while you're at the convention without having to leave the convention. It's not just, you know, a big ordeal. It's just something really small and simple, but just something that easy makes people happy because it's something that cosplayers and everyone else can use. More stuff like that would be great. So it, it would be nice. We'll see what happens. We'll see if S-Class has any more of these type of events pop up. I have a feeling that they might be laying low for a little bit after the backlash from the article. Because again, I want to repeat this like 5,000 times. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad concept. They just needed to be more public and less focus on you know, the top A-list cosplayers, whereas it should have been an event that's more about everybody, anybody can come and enjoy and have fun with. So that, that's my two cents. Our topic is over with. I have nothing else to say. I have made it 30 freaking minutes. 30 full minutes. 
go me. So with that, we're going to call this episode to an end. We want to thank everybody for stopping in today and lending us your opinions. As always, the discussion is open on our Discord, on our Facebook, Twitters, all the social media stuffage. You know how that goes. You can find all the information here and here and here and here. And once I get the overlay done, I never have to do this again. I am so looking forward to that. You have no idea. <laughs> So be sure to tune in to episode 186. Make sure to post the recording time soon. And until then, you all have a wonderful rest of the day. Happy cosplaying. Bye, guys. <laughs>